Okay, honey, you ready to record? Three, two... Wait, 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 wait. What, what are we le- recording? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we recording? We're recording our podcast, honey. Okay. This podcast is kind of special for us because this is the first one that we're doing in the same room. And the first day after our first anniversary. So, we need to get people up to speed. Uh, the last one we did was when I was in the hotel in downtown Hanoi. And Sana was still here in the apartment here in Eco Park, <coughs> which is it's um, about 12 miles away from the hotel, but it's about an hour drive because of all the traffic and, and congestion and whatnot. So even though I was here in Vietnam, I still had to, they, they make a mandatory 14-day quarantine because they take COVID extremely seriously here in Vietnam. And um, you can argue the merits for or against that, but that's just the way it is. And um, I guess the results are that COVID isn't as much, it's not as big of a deal here in Vietnam as it is in places like the U.S. and Great Britain, where it seems to be much more rampant than than here. So uh, say what you will, it, the, the measures that they take seem to be a bit excessive at times, but I guess the results speak for themselves, don't they? Right. So I was in quarantine for two weeks at a hotel, the Wyndham Garden Hotel in Hanoi. I'm not going to say that I recommend it because the conditions in which I stayed there were anything but normal. But I'm sure that in normal conditions, when uh, business is humming along as it should be, I'm sure it's a fine place to stay. Although the, the quarantine experience wasn't anything to be desired, but... What that's that's to be expected. So I arrived here in Vietnam on the 14th of January, and a few days after that, Sana and I did our podcast together. I think it it would have been on the the 16th or 17th of January, and now here it is the 31st of January, and I finally was released from the quarantine on the 29th Friday, and now we've been together. And actually, Friday the 29th of January was the one-year anniversary of Sana and I, James, uh, having our wedding ceremony in Taiwan. It was a church ceremony uh, officiated by the Reverend Dr. Timothy Garner Conkling. <laughs> if he's listening, hello, Tim. And so, Sana, we survived year number one. So, yay us. Yay! <laughs> and it only gets easier from here, right? Right. That's what I hear. That's what they say. If you can survive, if you can make it through one year, you can make it through anything. And this year was quite unlike the, probably very unlike uh, most people's first year of marriage. It was tumultuous. It was fraught with danger and heartache and betrayal and incompetence ineptitude. We both experienced every possible emotion on the spectrum, but we survived it because we were both, I think it's because we were both committed to it and we, we made it. And not only did we survive, honey, but I think, uh, I think that we thrived. Me personally, I feel like our relationship thrived and it was because of the hardships that we endured and embraced 
And uh, I, f- I feel personally more far more committed to our relationship than we did than than I did a year ago. So I'll let you speak for yourself as to how you feel. But um, there's a passage in the book of James, chapter one, where he says, uh, embrace basically embrace all of the trials that you're going to endure because it it produces patience, which begets faith and and I, I can't remember exactly what it says, but basically, in, in essence, it says embrace the suck. <laughs> like when I was in the military, we would, when I was in the military music program, we would have these uh, periods of time where we were just extremely busy, and uh, we would just be like, "Wow, this this really sucks," you know. This this is, but kind of a mantra that I adopted was embrace the suck. Because it just makes you a better person. And uh, I think that would be a good mantra to describe our first year of marriage. And this is the part where you chime in with your words of wisdom, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> of course, thank you. Yeah, I totally agree with you, James. We've gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. And we stood strong against all the odds. We stood strong against all the odds. Mm-hmm. We stayed the course. Right. And here we are. <laughs> Starting our new chapter. How many other <laughs> cheesy cliches can we throw into this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were at a point that we didn't know who exactly we can trust That's in right. our life. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know if we were hopeless, we were helpless. We would just stand in the middle of the road, stare at each other's eyes. We had no words to say. Yeah. Just waiting for the skies open up and you know. <laughs> well, I mean, some helping. We we and had we had our wedding ceremony in. I don't I don't know if we've told the story on the podcast. So I. I no, we, we should didn't. we should tell the story now. Mm-hmm. So we had our wedding ceremony in in Taiwan in January. It was the 29th of January. At least that's what the certificate says. <laughs> I don't know if it was exactly the 29th, but we wrote down the 29th, so we're going to go Why with that. are you doubting 29th? Because uh, I think it was the 28th. But I think, we wrote, I think we wrote the 29th, but it was actually on the 28th. It doesn't matter. It's just one day. You're right. It doesn't matter. Because we wrote down the 29th. We're going to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're, if we're both in agreement that we'll go with the 29th, then that's what, that's what it was. Yeah. So, uh, it, although we had our church wedding in um, January, we didn't actually f- like get legally married here in like with the government of Vietnam until July. It was almost almost six months to the day, and the reason that it took that long was the COVID issue hit. Uh, it, that became an issue in Vietnam. I think probably about 30 to 60 days before it really became an issue in the United States. So like January and February, you guys weren't even teaching in mm. in person yeah. at your university. We're doing online. Yeah, you're doing online. And they're part of the process to get your marriage legalized is to go through a health you get a health examination of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they call it, like to make sure that you're like healthy, healthy enough to to have children. I don't know. What, I don't know what the purpose of it is. 
but all of the hospitals were repurposed to handle COVID, which uh, w- was an exercise in futility because it wasn't it wasn't ever. I don't think that it would you would ever call it a pandemic here in Vietnam. I don't think they ever exceeded even 1,000 cases in the entire country. Right. We were only a hundred hundred cases. Yeah. Not even thousands, hundred. Well, I read somewhere it was over a thousand, but that's a that's after a year. I think like the first three or four months, I don't think it was over 50. Mm-hmm. But that being said, they had all of the hospitals were just that's they're <laughs> laser focused on. COVID. And that was it. If you didn't have COVID, we can't see you. <laughs> right. If you even had emergency cases, they would advise you to stay home. Right. And so we finally, uh, we were supposed to get like a mental health examination. All sorts of examination. Not yeah. Mental health. Like Physical and thing. mental. Any hole, any buckles, what the problem you had to be checked. <laughs> right. Finally, we got uh, what was the the uh, Bachmin Hospital? Bachmai. Bachmai. Hospital. They were able to take us in, and had, I think we really had to kind of strong arm our way into it, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We because they didn't want to see us, right? And we basically just gave them the sob story, and just I think we just kind of kind of worked our way into it. Right, they were interrogating us. Yeah. And they were like, we're not going to do it. I think they were waiting for us to give them give some them money. Give them some money, right. Yeah. And then when they noticed I'm working for so-and-so and they thought, oh, it's gonna, it might go bad in no. the wrong way. Right. And they were like, oh, okay. But you should do it yourself. We're not going to help you here and there. Basically, nobody, no nurse, nothing. Nobody was there to tell us, okay, you have to now go here or there. Yeah. And they knew... This hospital, nobody speaks English. But even in spite of all that, we we managed to figure that's out that something never happens in Thailand. Yeah, well, we're and not that's their neighboring country. Well, we're not in Thailand, honey. Right. So, in spite of all of that, we we managed to figure out where to go, and um, I guess we just asked people where to go and found enough people that spoke uh, enough English to direct us to the next place to go to. We finally figured out how to get navigate this hospital and get all check all the boxes. We and then we had to take all of our information to the local government office, and we trusted this person uh, that was a friend of ours that we considered a friend to do the translating for us because they don't speak English and we don't speak Vietnamese. This person was trying to help us to understand how quote how things work here. And she said, "Well, you have to expect that they're going to want a little bit of, a little bit of money under the table. Like this is the fee, but then they're gonna, there's gonna be some, some, some sort of problem, and uh, you know, you're gonna have to uh, pay maybe a little bit extra. And they'll say, well, we need this signature, but if you pay us this amount of money, then we can take care of it for you. So it's just kind of like a." This is, but this is what this person was telling us to expect this. Right. And so when this person who's doing the translating for us to, said, "Okay, we want they want like two hundred bucks, or the Vietnamese equivalent of two hundred U.S. dollars, to quote fix these issues," it was no problem. We we are expecting it. Okay, fine, take it. She took it, <laughs> but this turned into another. Oh, well, they want more money. They want more money. 
And then finally, she came to us and she said, they want $1,000 U.S. dollars, and there's still no guarantee that they can. And this is all to just get our marriage legalized. This, we're, not, we're not trying to do anything special here. We're just trying to get legally married. And it turns out that we realized that this person was totally playing us, completely taking advantage of our unfamiliarity with the law and not speaking Vietnamese. And she was just completely making all this stuff up. We suspect that she was going to take this $1,000 that they need and just keep it for herself. So, needless to say, this person is no longer our friend. We don't consider her to be our friend anymore. And then we finally found someone that uh, does a lot of the work for the visa issues. Like she helped me get my, like my visa renewed because I couldn't leave Vietnam because of COVID. She helped us with that. And it turns out that she knows people and she's helped um, couples who are foreigners, both, both of whom are foreigners, to get legally married. She's done this before. And she said, yeah. It costs this amount of money. Actually, she said you can do it yourself. Just go to the people community and put your paper down. It's one million dong. Straightforward. Right, which is about $45 US. Right, to get your certificate. And then uh, mm-hmm. we said, no, we had enough. We need somebody who do yeah, it for us. Yeah, we just want someone to so do it. So we just paid her her fee. Uh-huh. And she's just very straightforward. And, she's, and she just said, yep, this is how much it costs. This is my fee. And once we do the paperwork, it'll take 20 days or 21 days or whatever it was. Right, and it was even earlier than that. And she was spot on. It took, I think it was 20 days. And so we finally found this person who can help us and realized that that Jenny person was completely... Don't name person. It's just somebody named Jenny. It's not, we're not identifying anybody. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. She was totally lying to us and just completely taking advantage of us. So, and then it it came time for me to go back to Virginia. I had some business to take care of with my son and uh, just business, like the the actual business that we do, the media production business, podcasting and whatnot. It was necessary for me to go back. It was was necessary to go back a little bit earlier, but because of COVID, I chose to stay in Vietnam longer, which was a blessing because it allowed us to be together longer. But then we were separated again uh, from August 1st through um, just a couple of days ago. So it was almost six months that we were apart. And that, so let me ask all of you listening in, how was your first year of marriage? Because <laughs> that's how ours went. All that to say, honey, is that I heard in a, a podcast, I, it was a webinar of some sort. I think it was a like money mindset webinar that I s- subscribed to. It's like a free webinar. Uh, and at the end, they have a sales pitch. But it was fine because it was a the person speaking was he had some good information to share. So I was listening to it. And one thing that he said that really stuck out to me, and I've referred to many, many times in the last few months, he was talking about the, in, the difference between being interested and being committed. In the context that he's speaking is in the real estate business. His mentor in the real estate business was saying that people who are interested in this business, they'll do 
only what is convenient or only what they feel like doing. But those who are committed will do whatever it takes to get it done, to, to succeed. Basically, what he was saying is if you're not committed to this business, you're not going to make it. If you're only interested, then you may as well not even try. You may as well just take your time and, and work your day job. Because if you're not committed, if you're not willing to do whatever it takes to succeed, legally and ethically, obviously, then there's, there's no point in you even doing it. And I've thought about that, and I just thought, when, I, when we've met in March of 2019, I just call it a sixth sense, call it my spidey senses or whatever you want to call it, but I just knew this is the woman that you need in your life, dude. I, I can't tell you what told what prompted this in me, but I just said to myself, you need to make getting this woman in your life your top priority. And I'm not saying this so I can brag or toot my own horn. I'm just saying that I wasn't just interested in sauna. I was committed to sauna and uh, getting sauna my wife. I, I wasn't just interested. And if I, was, if I was merely interested, I wouldn't have left Virginia in August of 2019 and come to Vietnam. I wouldn't have come back in January of 2020 to Vietnam to live with her. Uh, it was going to be just a couple of months, but it turned into seven months because of COVID. But uh, and if I was merely interested in sauna, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't have asked her to marry me. Or did I ask you to marry me, or did I just say, "Woman, you're going to marry me"? I can't remember. <laughs> Pretty much the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, 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 I anticipated a yes to the answer, will you marry me? So I, I don't know. I, Sana can probably tell this better. She has a better memory than I do when it comes to things like this. But anyway, I, all that to say is that if I was merely interested in this relationship, we wouldn't be here. Uh, we wouldn't be recording anything together. And certainly I wouldn't be here in Vietnam because... Just just to get here to Vietnam was in um, January of 2021 with COVID and everything. It was just, it was unbelievable what we had to do. Unbelievable the hoops that we had jumped through just to get uh, a visa. And then we had to pay almost $2,000 for the hotel, for the quarantine. It's mandatory. Everybody that comes here has to either, either a hotel or a... Uh, One-way ticket. Yeah, one with ticket and, and a special was, prize for that, which was probably twice the amount of the of the commercial ticket right. that I initially paid for at the end of November. Right, it was just so much to go through, and and I did this. It's just like, and I'll let you speak for yourself, but for me, it was just like, okay, this is what we have to do, and it, it just didn't even occur to me that there would be any other option. This is what I have to do. Because I'm committed to this marriage. And I'll let you speak uh, for yourself on, on what was going through your mind. But for me, it was just like, I'm committed to this thing. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to make it happen. And I, I, I love my son. And I'm committed to him. But my marriage comes before uh, 
my relationship with my son. He's fine. He's in capable hands with his mother. But I'm committed to this thing, honey. Well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> nice speech, but... <laughs> At some points, I kept telling myself, why am I doing this? Why am I going through all these mm-hmm. uh, difficult times? But then, because I loved you and I was committed, you asked me a question, are you committed to this? And I said yes. So mm. I'm the kind of person I stand by my word and promise. Mm. And I, I knew I had to do it. <laughs> right. I, when did I ask you that? Uh, when... When very beginning we met. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I don't remember. See, you have all, you have this memory of stuff that I said two years ago. Right. When we first met, and mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't, I don't remember things that I said mm-hmm. in the first days of our relationship. I know, I know that we spoke quite a bit, but I don't remember saying that. <laughs> yeah, you said that. You asked me. That's that's been the theme of our relationship thus far is committed. Mm-hmm. Neither of us have been committed, or um, neither of us have been merely interested. I should say. <laughs> All that to say is neither of us are really committed. <laughs> We're just kind of going through the motions here. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, we we cannot go through the motions with this relationship, with everything that we've had to deal with in the first um, the first couple of years. We if we were just interested, we wouldn't be here, mm-hmm. and it's just that simple. You know, just this past week, I was in touch with the the CPA that I've been working with for the last couple of years, and he's helping us get our like business established legally mm-hmm. in the state of Virginia. We're mm-hmm. we're filing paperwork for to to start an LLC, mm-hmm. and the name of the business that we've been going under like a DBA for the last six months or so, has been Beaten Path Media. And th- it's, a, it's a fine name. It's kind of has a, an imagery of Beaten Path is you're on the Beaten Path, meaning like the heartbeat. You have life, you have uh, energy, there's commerce. And, it, and there was a, 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 a good imagery that went behind it. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a nice name. But I was just thinking this past week, I was like, it's nice, but like it doesn't really hit that nerve, like that oomph nerve. I don't mm-hmm. know what you call it, but it's just like, it just doesn't really give me, it just doesn't really light my fire. Beaten Path Media is fine, but it doesn't really light my fire. But I was thinking, what would be a good name for our business? And, it, and I just thought about committed. We're, we're both committed to this relationship we're both committed to this doing this business the right way in a ethical way and um, not not just having a transactional relationship with our clients but treating them like family um, mentoring and giving whatever assistance we can uh, as, as a, maybe a coach or as a guide or a, a whatever whatever you want to call it more than just a customer and I just thought, committed, that should be the name of the business. And so I asked him to file a LLC uh, with the name Committed Media. That's the name of our business. 
as of, well, he's going to file the paperwork on Monday, February 1st. So as of February 1st, Monday, that's the name of our business is Committed Media LLC. All right. Well, this has been a fun podcast, honey, and and it's uh, it's so nice to like. You're just we're just I got my arm around your shoulder, and not that I didn't enjoy it while I was in Virginia and you here in Vietnam, but I just looked forward to the day that we could finally uh, record a podcast. I mean, it's not like this is the most important thing that we do as a married couple, but. Uh-huh. I, I was looking forward to being together, recording this. And um, in the spirit of our first year of marriage being in the books, and we're now beginning year number two married, I uh, want to say that I am committed to you, honey, sweetness. My, my spidey senses proved correct when I told myself that I had to get you to be my wife. I, I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, or I didn't know exactly how things were going to work out. But now that we've been together for a couple of years, and we've been married for one year, and things are um, beginning to pan out, the best woman that I've ever known. And I often wonder, why, why does this person... Why does this woman want anything to do with me? This jackass, this American, dirty American. Who, like, who am I that she wants anything to do with me? <laughs> I often think that to myself, but I think that's all. That's also a good thing. It means that. Um, well, I don't know what it means, but <laughs> I just often think that to myself. This person who speaks eight languages, who's been all over the world, has got this history, uh, this amazing history and this amazing background and amazing, why does she want to do any, have anything to do with me? A dirty trumpet player from America. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm just saying, that's what goes through my mind sometimes, honey. That's not true. I don't look at you as a dirty jackass dumpster (laughs) from America. I don't think of you like that. Okay. That's your perception of yourself. That may be the uh, imposter syndrome creeping up into my psyche. Well, all that to say is that, um, thank goodness I don't listen to that imposter syndrome. And just keep that at bay and put that, put that, put those voices in their proper place, which is in the dumpster. Thank you for loving me. It's, uh, it's a nice conversation, mm-hmm. and I hope people listening in uh, are enjoying it as much as I am. So, anything else you want to say before we sign off and leave our precious listeners off to fend for themselves in this dark, horrid world in which we live? <laughs> once, they're, once they're out of our grasp, I, I kind of worry for them. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. When they're not listening to us, they depend on us for stability <laughs> and guidance. If uh, they're not listening to us, what are they going to do? I really, I truly worry about our listeners. Mm. We're just like little lambs in this, <laughs> in this world of wolves. 
Okay, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. And also, we're going to be, now that we're together, we're going to be having some uh, interviews. So they'll be coming into your earballs very soon. We've got uh, John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire on the books. So that's going to be coming up soon. And we're going to, we, I have a lot of ideas. Sana has some ideas too on people that we can interview. So we'll be in your earballs a lot more from here on out. And now that we're together, we can actually, um, we can, there's just a lot of things that we can do together than that we couldn't do while we were apart. So, all right, stay tuned and talk to you soon.